0: This is the SellMyBusinessIn10weeks.com podcast with Trevor Monahan and Clive Jones. In this series, we will make fun of each other and share some of our self-proclaimed wisdom about understanding what your business is worth now, how to make it worth more, and how to get it ready for sale.
1: Okay, welcome back to uh, the information memorandum from Sell My Business in 10 Weeks with Trevor Monahan. Uh, business valuer and accountant and I'm Clive Jones business
0: coach. So You've come, come to this podcast because you're either looking at selling your business or you're looking at helping someone else sell the business uh, and this podcast is all about everything you need to know, you know from our point of view of what you, you know what you should be doing to sell your business in particular this, this episode here is all about people and the people in your business and uh,
1: everything that uh, any prospective buyer needs to know about those uh, all of your team uh, who's staying? Who's going? And uh, what value they add to the business? Now, uh, just as a reminder, we have the uh, information memorandum on the web- website at sell my business in ten weeks. That's ten the digits one zero uh, dot com,
0: and um, we'll get into it now, Trevor. Yeah. So most of you should probably have already downloaded that. Um, there's a small fee there. Um, you know, it's not a free template, but it just saves you thousands and getting someone else to do it for you. And now, if you've got it there in front of you, then basically we're going to go through that document and, and tell you, you know, some some tips and tricks, what to put in those different sections. And remember, with all this, we are a bit contrarian in that we don't like to see what what happens most of the time in most cases. And what I mean by that is that what most people do isn't right and doesn't work, um, especially an average corner shop business broker who might just have a fill-in-the-blanks template himself. If they do that if they do that, which will be mostly about the broker and very little about the actual business. Um, so basically, we, we, we're gonna take the point of view of, you know if we were an entrepreneurial type buyer, or if I was a business value engaged on behalf of an investor, um, you know, what, what are the kind of things that would inspire us to A, wanna buy the business and B, wanna pay you know, what it's worth um, or more. So I think that the, you know, we've covered off in a lot of the different sections and if you haven't listened to the previous podcast or on the website or you can get them through iTunes, uh, I'm not, not going to cover everything here, just the people section. And, and I think this section's really important. If you're trying to um, prove that your business runs without you, which, you know, in, in most cases, if you're selling to an investor or an entrepreneur um, or a competitor, you've got to prove that the business is bigger than you. There's going to be a lot lot more uh, opportunity for you to sell it to a wider, wider market base if you can do that yeah and if look and if you are in the startup space where you haven't proven the profitability yet um you often hear that these you know venture capitalists and, and other requires that for early stage companies they're actually investing in the people mm-hmm. um so they call it a, a, aqua hire where they basically acquire and hire the basically the knowledge of the current owners and, and basically back their vision did you just make that up i did not i heard that for another podcast <laughs> uh it's, it's big in san francisco where they're doing all that kind of stuff where people are just throwing money at young people with, with no family and ideas, they make them work about 80 hours a week. You hear these stories where you know they've, they've sold their business and, and, and they might have, but there's very little money up front. Basically, they, they, someone employs them to continue their vision. And then with an exit later for everyone to get rich. So effectively what you're saying, Trevor, is the, the people side of any business are important
1: while you're running it, but they're uh, equally important when you're actually putting this info memo together for a prospective investor buyer.
0: Because, you know, we always talk about if you can find that strategic buyer. So if you've got, you know, maybe a competitor that's in a similar or very, you know, same industry as you, but in a different location, they're looking at expanding what they're doing. Well, there's some things that they're, through the nature of that, they're going to get economies of scale and not going to need some of your people. But at the same time, if it's a location-based business, they need salespeople on the ground. Um, You know, they they need people that maybe do the marketing, people that obviously in the production area if it's a production so, type business. So you know they, they're buying not just the customers and the systems they're buying a lot of the time, the people that, that run those things. And there's a lot of, uh, could call it intellectual property in, in those people. So exactly. Tell, me,
1: tell me, Trevor, what, what would you say are the key things that we would need to highlight about the team?
0: I think the main thing is just to make, firstly make sure it's transparent to the buyer who the team is, like how many people do you have? How many hours a week do they work? What do they actually do? What do they get paid? How long have they been there? Anything else that would be relevant that you'd want to know if you're buying a business? Because at the end of the day, if they if it is a business that relies on people, um, you know that's, you know, we talk about this every podcast episode. Is we we if there are risks, we want them to put put all the risks on the table, so we get a chance to mitigate them. Because if people are you know a smart investor or a smart acquirer is going to going to know that this business relies on people. So straight away, his default position is going to be there's risks because what if the people aren't good? What if the people don't come with the business? What if the people stab us in the back and go and start their own thing? You know? they've got all these uncertainties. So what you want to do is go, okay, well, obviously fix a lot of these things before the sale if you can. So if you've got rogue employees, you might want to get rid of them. If employees don't have contracts, you might want to get some contracts in place. And you know, so that you don't want to be scared of the truth. And then once the truth's okay, you share that truth. You just tell them all And about you say, it. look, here are the risks, and this is what I've done about it. We've got contracts, we've got this, we've got that. We've talked to half the staff, that, you know, at least the key ones, and they're quite happy to to work for a new owner. And you know, as a buyer that's that's potentially worried about those things, you've just made it much easier for me to buy a business. And that's that's
1: one of the words you said there was the key staff. You mm. know, you, we're, we're focusing on the the pivotal part of the team. Um, Yes, you, you'll you'll tell the full story about everybody, but the key ones are the ones you want to highlight.
0: Whether the cleaner stays or, you know, starts working working for a competitor, probably not a big issue unless it's a cleaning business. that might be an issue, <laughs> but you know, generally, you got to think about what what is the person buying, and you know, and and the, the problem with the people, they are like you said before, your really important point. You said the, the intellectual property that's in the people, it's amazing. Um, the accounting world still hasn't been able to adapt to that yet we're still not, still not allowed to put people on a balance sheet I think that's um, people get real funny ethically about that because it's a balance sheet sort of what you own that um, people don't like being owned but you know really if you can put goodwill on a balance sheet if you can put a machine on a balance sheet mm-hmm. you know, people <laughs> for many businesses Those, is the, the main biggest asset. asset yeah um, but mm-hmm. you don't record it so when you think when you see things like you know someone's paying you for your business more than the net asset value, so, for example, the net asset says it's worth $500,000, but someone pays you a million, then there's this $500,000 with this mysterious goodwill mm. thing. That, and a lot of the time, that is for the people. Yep. At the end of the day, we just don't call it that. The knowledge and experience that's in them. If
1: you've got some long-standing employees that know the, know the business inside out, they could be valuable to the
0: uh, the new owner. Yeah. So one of the sections, we, we like to be a little bit... Um, tongue in cheek, but also direct in the in our approach to things. So, you know, one of the headings in the document is how people make this business great. You know, so that, you know, sometimes people would roll their eyes reading something like that in one of these documents. But at the end of the day, you have to show that you are confident about your business and you, and you believe in the vision and you stand for something. This is not just, you know, a sausage factory. Hmm. No one wants to buy a sausage factory that just pumps sausages out. You want to show that there's, you know, in buying into this business and by being part of it, they're they're being part of something that's good, something's great, and it's got a vision. So you, we we like to use language like that, you know, how how people make this business great, and then you know, so if you've listed your people and you've talked about you know what they're being paid, maybe what the roles are, and then you've then you've reiterated like what you know how those people make this business great. If if
1: if the business has already got some half decent marketing, they'll already
0: be talking about these key
1: people yeah. um yeah in the in, in the marketing documents you know the about us section you know key key employees key team members there's there's
0: usually some kind of a pro C in there and you could just add to that exactly so you're basically saying you know sure to a, to a potential investor that may see people as a risk generally and actually may see sort of um The whole people issue as as a bad thing, like nothing good can come of it. You actually want to turn that around and go, no, hang on. Yeah, there's potential bad things, but we've mitigated those. Mm. And there's also some great things that add value to the business, not just take away. Um, And so, you know, the other things you want to talk about is, okay, what is your recruitment process? What is your retention? Do you have a retention policy? Do you have a retention, you know, incentive? You know, what has your retention rates been? You know, if your business if you've had the same key staff for ten years and you've only lost one or two every now and then, you know, talk about that. How, how do you go about that? Yeah. yeah, what have you done? How? What's mm. led to that? You know, is it just because you pay people more than they're worth? Hopefully not. Maybe it's because the culture's good, or because you know, you've got some good profit shares, or all that kind of stuff. And that—that that is, you know, again,
1: it's, it's, it's all important stuff for. a a new owner to understand because they don't want to go changing the way everything works and upset Mm. everybody straight away so Mm.
0: you know if you do a profit share put that in here maybe that's what's been retaining staff but then you know as as a buyer i want to know about profit share because i you know i might want to be i might not like profit shares but again this is something that if you don't want to hide from they'll eventually find out through their Mm. due diligence there's a profit share you might as well get it on the table now and have the conversation mm. you know Preempt the conversation so that you can drive that conversation the way you want to run it rather than answering questions from their solicitor that's doing due diligence Mm. so you know at the end of the day there's no right or wrong in these things we you just need to think about in your particular situation everyone's is different how do people actually make a difference in your business is it are people important Mm. if not you know maybe this isn't such a big section I don't know of I'm yet to find a business that doesn't need good people in some way to run the business. There will be some key ones in every business. Um, And I often joke with people saying, you know, if if I can find a business that doesn't need people, then then I'm not going to tell anyone about it. Mm. That's my business. I'm going to keep that one for myself. Um, Because, you know, I've never found it. Never found a business that doesn't rely on people. Um, So the the key thing is to really understand your business. Put yourself in the shoes of uh, someone buying it. Think about what are the perceived risks they might have, mm-hmm. cover those off, mitigate them where you can before you list it for selling or talk to anyone about it. Yep. And then think about, you know, really go deep and think about where do people actually really create value for this business, emphasize those things, talk about the wins you've had in retention and recruitment, all those kind of things. It could be impending uh, retirements and things like that that you know about as well. Exactly. So again, put their heads up there, and you know if you've talked to the staff and some of the key people are going to take the opportunity to basically retire, you know, say that. I mean, then also say what you're doing about it. What is your recruitment process? That's right. To replace them. Now, probably um, an interesting other way to look at it: if it is an acquirer that's already got their own infrastructure, um, you might want to give them enough information in here so that they can see some economies of scale. Um, you know, they may be able to identify some opportunities where they don't need all your people, which will actually help in the business because they'll mm. look at your wages expenses and they'll put a line through some of those, yep. which will effectively make the business make more money for
1: them than it's making for you. So so in the information memorandum here, Trevor, we've got a list of all the different positions and simple headings like name, position, you know, the hours that they do each week, the annual wage, the amount of time they've been there, um, yeah, by breaking it down to that mm. sort of detail, a prospective buyer can actually look at that and say, we don't need an accounts clerk. Yeah, so an, an accounts receivable
0: clerk. Yeah. They might think, well, we do all their accounts receivable at yeah. head office from one, and the person's got a bit of spare capacity. Yes, it is. And, mm. and that might be sort of $50,000 your wage. Bang. They go back to your P&L, and they just take 50 they grand. Put it back in there. Yeah. The profit well, goes up mm. by 50. That's it. And assuming they're using the same multiplier. And if you look back at one of our previous podcasts, we called it business valuation arbitrage, we did an example where we did that. We basically said that uh, an incoming buyer didn't need $300,000 of the overheads because they had a, had spare capacity, and, and we showed what a huge difference that made to their valuation. You know, so don't don't forget that. You don't necessarily have to put that kind of stuff in there, but if you think a potential buyer is going to see some economies of scale, you might as well give them the information. They could calculate that themselves without necessarily telling them to sack your staff once they buy it. Um, just in case the staff member comes across this document. <laughs> but you know, these things, these things happen. And and I guess there's, there's the last The last
1: part of it is the uh, the transition. If, if um, how, how are you gonna actually handle the transition for staff from one owner to the other? Um,
0: yeah, do you have a plan for that to, to proceed? Exactly right, so if, if, like I said, if some of the staff are, are gonna be continuing or have already committed to that, Talk about it do some uh, Are they going to stay for a certain time frame to ease the transition? Mm, yeah, the owner. Are you the owner? Are, are you going to, you know, offer a consulting period of six, six months, months or twelve months or something? Um, you know, if you know, with or without pay, whatever the whatever the deal is. Um, you need to talk about that here because you know basically you need to make again the buyer see that the, there's less risk than they originally thought, and by the people you've got and the plans you've got in place, it's actually adding value. Above and beyond what the p might actually currently be showing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so I think that's it for people. You know, again, you know, some people, some people will have this, you know, one page. Some people will have it six pages, depending on how you know how critical people are to your business. Um, in the next section, we're going to talk about uh, the production resources and processes. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. We'll talk about that one next week. Um, until then, uh, feel free. Again, as we always say, make a comment on iTunes. Send us an email. Um, connect with us through our personal LinkedIn accounts um, and subscribe on our website. If you subscribe on the top right-hand corner of our homepage at sellmybusiness10works.com, we will send you an email every time a new podcast is out. And if we have any special offers or other information from time to time, you'll be the first to know. That's it. Yep. So that's all from us this week. Um, So, um, you know, again, go back and download the template, go through it, customize it for yourself. And really think about putting a bit of effort into this sale if this is what you're doing and, and not just treating it like selling a house uh, because this is probably the most important sale you'll ever do in the, your life.
1: The amount the amount of effort that you put into this will um, be will, will pay for
0: in the, in the actual end result. See you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. And just remember the advice is only generally nature. But if you are serious about selling your business, you should check out the resources page of our website where we've got videos and templates to create an awesome pitch document for your business, which you will need if you're selling. And don't forget to subscribe on our website for advanced notification and bonus materials.